Welcome to day 303 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. Uh, we've uh, been reading through the book of Matthew, and of course, uh, Matthew and the story of Jesus is the culmination of everything we've been studying all year as we look at the narrative passage of Scripture and how they lead us to Jesus and how they are fulfilled in Jesus. As a matter of fact, everything in the Old Testament, the Law, the Prophets, the Writings, uh, you know, find their ultimate definition, and we ultimately understand them through Jesus. Uh, we are uh, creeping ever uh, closer to the cross as we come, you know, at the end of, you know, Matthew's narrative, and uh, Jesus is in Jerusalem. The disciples have admired the temple, and he warns them that that temple will not be left standing; that there will be hard times for them to experience. But he encourages them to be faithful, even as he talks about the signs of the coming of the end of the age. And even though we can't know the day or the hour, we can kind of recognize the signs of the times. We can learn the lesson of the fig tree and uh, see the buds on the limb and, and, and know, th- know that things are drawing near. And, and one thing we can say for sure, that uh, His coming is nearer now than it was just a moment ago. <laughs> yeah. And we look forward to that deeply. So Jesus is uh, telling parables that talk about what it means to live in the last days. And so we've already had the parable of the wise servant who is to take care of the other servants. And we've had the parable of the ten virgins who are to be ready for the coming of the bridegroom uh, so that they're not left on the outside looking in whenever the celebration you know, takes place. And so as we continue in Matthew chapter 25, you know, verse 14, uh, we have two very poignant you know, parables today. The one of the parable that we've often called the parable of the talents. And I've used, uh, change that over to bag of gold because they want you to know that you're rich, not talented. Uh, and, and part of that. And the other is the sheep and the goats. And the sheep and the goats is particularly a startling mm-hmm. you know, parable. So before we read, let's uh, prepare our hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the comfort we receive from it. And we thank you for the times we were startled out of our comfort by your word. Uh, We thank you, Father, that uh, every bit of your word has been breathed out by you. You've given your spirit to bring the breath of the word into our life and to transform us through it. Father, we pray as we come into it that you would give us eyes to see, that you would open our heart and we would understand and that you would give us, you know, just simply ears to hear, eyes to see, and, and hands to respond. But Father, that you would do a deep work in our heart as we see you, see ourselves, and see you at work in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. Again, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and trusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man had received five bags of gold, went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with him. The man who had received five bags of gold and brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold, so you have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold, so you have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. 
Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with a banker, so then uh, when I returned, I'd at least receive it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten, for whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. And throw that worthless servant outside in the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as shepherds separate the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed, and the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also answer, Lord, when did we see hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He'll reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will all go away to eternal punishment, but the righteousness to eternal life. And this is a you know one of those uh, biblical passages, uh, you know the parable of sheep and the goats. It cuts against the grain uh, because it's not only a passage where people are uh, rewarded according to their works. It's also a passage where their eternal destinies are, are at stake. Mm-hmm. And so uh, our, our works do not commend us before God, and they do not earn our salvation. But our salvation is so rich and powerful that it it issues in work. The fruit of our salvation mm-hmm. will always be works that are pleasing to God. And, of course, when we talk about the perseverance of saints, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about you know, those who are truly in Christ or kept by Christ so that they persevere to the very end uh, you know, in uh, faith and good works. And, and of course, Paul would remind us in Ephesians, for it's by faith, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourself, it's a gift to God, not by your works, so that no one can boast. For we were created in Christ Jesus for good works, mm-hmm. which he prepared in advance so that we might walk in them. So, what works are not, are not a way that we're commended to God uh, for our salvation. What they are is the fruit of our salvation, which we're part of, you know, the gift that he has given us through faith. So this is a hard one. Yeah. What you, uh, you know, what you did for, you know, what you did for the least of me is you did, you did, uh, uh, you did for me. But here's the hard one. What you did not do for them, you did not do for me. And, and of course, I, I think we can 
think of a number of images where we've been in urban settings where people were hungry and we did not feed them, where they were uh, cold and, and we didn't offer them warmth, and, and where we become so calloused into it that we, we look past you know look past it. So this is this is disturbing, mm-hmm. a little a little parable. No, I mean, you know, you know, James talks about, I'll show you my faith by my works. And, and so I'm, I am someone who does confess to have a faith in Christ. And yet when I begin kind of looking at, not that it's just these works that Jesus is talking about. No, right. But this is, this is also these works. And a lot of these works are not as evident in my life. Yeah, well, those Mainly are... Uh, these, didn't I would want it all. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, but, but these are primary works. Yeah, you know, and then that's what he's telling the Pharisees: you, uh, you need to go learn the meaning of this. I desire mercy uh, and not sacrifice. And of course, these are acts uh, of mercy. And of course, you know, if, uh, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and strength. And uh, the second is love your neighbor yourself. This this is what it means uh, to love. You know, to love neighbor, to love you know the least of these. And, and of course, James follows that you know, passage mm-hmm. on faith and works. You know, if you see your brother, uh, you know, cold and without food, and say, "Be warm and filled," what good is what good is that? So he's drawing uh, on the teaching of his older brother, yeah. Jesus. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think so often, you know, when that comes, like, well, I live in a nice place, and there, there's not many needs. I don't, I don't see any big right. needs around me. I'm in the suburbs, and well, <laughs> just yesterday, you know. There's a lady, Susan, that we partner with as a church, and here's what she does. She goes to some low-income apartments at least once a week, walks around, knocks on doors, introduces herself, and says, is there anything I can do? Yeah. And then she's in partner with us. She texts me yesterday, hey, there's a few people that have some needs. Can, y'all, can your church help? Yeah. And like, that's what she's doing. And it's mm-hmm. like, what a beautiful thing and what yeah. a very simple thing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even take that much time, but she's been doing that at these same apartments for over 10 years. Yeah. What about Susan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah. when I think of, well, how could I help? How could I do these sorts of things? It's actually right in front of me. Yeah. I'm just Sometimes we, have to, we to. do have to, you know, we do have to get out of a bubble. And then, of course, there's a lead parable at the end of that comes here is the parable, you know, we used to call the parable of the talents, which is a... Uh, you know, as a measure of money, you know, a Greek measure of money, you know, that uh, we find it finds its way in there. And so there's the bags of gold to let you know that we're talking about, you know, money rather, uh, you know, than talking about specific talents. But uh, the idea is that, uh, you know, God has invested deeply in us and in our, our salvation through the person of Christ. And, of course, he expects us to deeply invest the grace that he has given us in, in others. And it's not enough, again, and these are end-time parables. It's not enough, again, to to bury what God has done for us and rest on it and hope to just kind of redeem it, you know, at the final day. Uh, and, and I love, in both instances, you know, the, the five-bag guy. He's right, got five more. <laughs> and, you, and you also have to love according to their ability. Mm-hmm. You know, God has given you gifts, and he has, you know, created you in his image, and, you know, uh, and he has called you for his purposes, and your purposes are not, you know, somebody else's purposes and the only thing he's, he's called you to do is be faithful to who he's created you be in the place where he's called you and it doesn't have to be big it doesn't have to be grandiose it just happens to be responding according to your ability responding according to your gifts and responding in faithfulness to him but you have to love in both instances where uh you know the servants invested the money and got a return the invitation is 
come in and share your master's happiness. And then there's another thing tucked away, and then I know we're, we're slipping out of time, and I'm probably doing too much on this one, but there is always, we, we get more every time that we invest in the gospel mm. that comes back to us in a much bigger way. And of course, the guy that had the one bag lost everything he had because he wasn't fully engaged. Uh, the guy with the 10 just keeps receiving more, keeps receiving more, and keeps mm. receiving more. And of course, that's uh, the story of the gospel. Mm. I think sometimes we downplay that statement come and share your master's happiness. You know, it's not like, oh man, I really regret living out, living for the sake of the gospel all my life and, and giving and and building into the kingdom. It's like, no, you're going to, this is going to be the happiest thing you've ever done in your life. Yeah. And sometimes the, that, that side of the motivation of the Christian life isn't talked about as much. It seems like a, oh, it's going to be a real drag. I'm going to miss mm-hmm. out on so much stuff. Yeah. It's like, actually, you're going to get so much more mm-hmm. and actually what you yeah. would deeply desire. And, and you may you know hear the echo of John Piper in the background <laughs> uh, doing, doing all that we do for his glory and for our joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, uh, what uh, glorifies him because of who he is will always bring us in a great joy. And, and that joy is a joy we experience here and now, but the greatest joy still waits when we see the master in a face-to-face yeah. and hear those words. Well done. Cindy, you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, I don't mind. Father, thank you for um, your word. Thank you for um, what we've seen that could cause us conviction, Father, um, and hopefully it does. But thank you, Father, that we understand uh, in, in a new and deeper way that being engaged in the gospel and living our lives, Father, um, by denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following you, Father, is rewarding, and that it's not rewarding because of um, a, a reward at the end, Father, but it's rewarding because um you are transforming us and you're renewing our hearts and you're causing us to live lives that are um, compelled by the gospel and uh, that we gladly and freely give away. So, Father, continue to help us be engaged, open our eyes, um, open our hearts to the things around us and help us, Father, to um, love you in, in all doing. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.